DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, presents What Am I to Do? The Discernment of God's Will in Everyday Decisions with Father Timothy Gallagher. Father Gallagher was ordained in 1979 as a member of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. He obtained his doctorate from the Gregorian University, and he has dedicated many years to an extensive ministry of retreats, spiritual direction, and teaching about the spiritual life. Father Gallagher is the author of seven books published by the Crossroad Publishing Company on the spiritual teaching of St. Ignatius of Loyola and the life of Venerable Bruno Lanteri, founder of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. Father Gallagher is featured on the EWTN series, Living the Discerning Life. What am I to do? The discernment of God's will in everyday decisions with Father Timothy Gallagher. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Welcome back, Father Gallagher. Thank you, Chris. We've been discussing over our last several conversations the modes of discernment, the three modes of discernment that was brought forward by St. Ignatius of Loyola. Would you care to do just a a quick recap on the first and second, and then we can explore the third more. Sure. Yes, as we said earlier, the first is a clarity beyond doubting. When the person discerning simply knows in a way that is the person is unable to doubt, that's the first way that sometimes God will reveal his will. To people who are discerning between options, both of which are good and both of which they're free to choose. And then a second way is what I called an attraction of the heart. And that is when a person is feels the warmth of God's love, or in Ignatius' words, spiritual consolation. Over time, whenever a person feels that kind of spiritual consolation, joy in the Lord, uh, a living sense of the Lord's closeness and love, in that time of spiritual consolation, a pattern exists of a pretty consistent attraction toward one of the two options, enough so that over time the person receives what Ignatius calls sufficient clarity and understanding. And again, all of the spiritual means are important in this and spiritual guidance in a decision of any importance and all the rest that we've said. What we're addressing now is when a person is facing a discernment of that kind and does not have clarity beyond doubting, nor sees a clear pattern in time of spiritual consolation, of attraction toward one option. Then Ignatius says God is calling the person to discern according to a third mode, which I've summed up as a preponderance of reasons. And this is what we had begun going through last time. As we said last time, sometimes this is called the method of the four columns. So if we go back to the example of Brian and Lisa, who are discerning whether Brian should stay in finance or whether God is calling him to a new career in medicine, what they would do then is look at those two options, finance and medicine, and if they use the literally the four columns, maybe a notebook open with the two pages open, then what they would do is prayerfully, reflectively look at the factors that seem to indicate that staying in finance is actually for God's greater glory. So the advantages from that perspective, and then the disadvantages, factors which we might suggest that that is not for God's greater glory, then do the same for medicine, and then look to see where the preponderance of reasons for God's greater glory seems to lie. But we can say all this more concretely now by actually looking at St. Ignatius' own description of this, how to do this concretely as he gives it in the spiritual exercises. So just to have an example in mind, let's uh, take Brian and Lisa, and let's have a process 
underway for some months, prayer, consultation, no clarity yet, and a point reached now when they have determined that it will be good to try this third mode of discernment. So let's have Brian today. We'll put him in the evening if the workday is over and he has some time or on a weekend. And he sits down in prayer before the Blessed Sacrament or in the quiet of his room with his notebook open, ready to try this third mode of discernment. Is God asking me to remain in finance or to move into medicine? With all that this will mean for my family, um, uh, my marriage, the concrete service that I'll render in the church and the world and the rest. So the first thing Ignatius asks O'Brien or any of us in a situation like this is to see the question clearly. What are the options that I see as possibilities toward which God may be calling me, which may be his will? Do I have all the relevant data that I need? That is, Brian really can't begin the third mode of discernment until he knows concretely, which he probably does, what it would mean to remain in his present career over the next years, and also knows all the relevant data about what it would mean to begin studies toward medicine finances, years, commitments, and what the impact of this on the family and all the rest. So the first thing is to see the question clearly, because the discernment can't proceed if we don't even have the question clearly. Then, once we've got the question clear in our minds and in our hearts, then we ask God for the disposition of which we spoke a number of conversations earlier. That is, is my heart really, as Ignatius says, like a balance at equilibrium? ready to go one way or the other, toward one option or the other, depending on whether I sense, where I sense the preponderance of reasons will, will be. So this is that attitude that Catherine, several conversations ago, described by saying to the Lord, whatever you want, Lord, whatever you want. And again, we can never go too quickly by this point, because this is absolutely key. Unless we really have that disposition of heart, like Mary, behold the handmaid of the Lord, let it be done to me according to your will. Just a heart that is that is really available. It is not fixed on one option or the other, but is truly open to hear the Lord's call. Um, without that, we can't really proceed in, in the further in the discernment. And with that, we are richly ready to move into the actual concrete steps of the discernment itself. So anyone who is approaching a third mode discernment would need to spend time in prayer, need to spend time exploring his or her heart, uh, ideally in conversation with a spiritual guide, and if it's an important discernment, determining whether my heart really has that kind of freedom, that kind of readiness to move one way or the other, as the Lord will now show me. When my heart has that disposition, then Ignatius says, I, I turn to the Lord in prayer. This is a prayer of petition. I ask the Lord to open my heart. I ask the Lord to enlighten my mind, my reason, my intellect, so that as I go through the various factors involved, the advantages and disadvantages of the one option and the other, I'll do this with his light, with his clarity, so that my human effort is filled with the richness of his grace so that a true work of discernment can take place. In Brian's case, for example, as he sits in the quiet of the chapel on a Saturday afternoon with his notebook ready to begin to look at the reasons one for one and the other. Having prayed to the Lord in this way, now the person who's discerning is ready to actually begin considering the reasons. 
for one choice or the other, or to use Ignatius' own language, the advantages and disadvantages from the perspective, as we keep saying, of God's greater glory. That is, will this option, staying in finance, are there ways in which this will contribute to God's greater glory, to making God more known and loved in this world and unto eternity? Beginning, obviously, with uh, Brian's own marriage and family, his wife and children, with the impact that he can have on people in the work world and the rest. And then disadvantages from that perspective with regard to finance. And Brian will probably take some time to do this with his heart at peace. We said this last time that for Ignatius, the third mode of discernment requires what he calls a tranquil time when our heart is at peace. Obviously, Brian can't do this sitting in the church on the Saturday afternoon if his heart is in turmoil because of something that's just happened or some some burden in his heart or even something extremely joyful that's just filling his heart heart right now. The third mode of discernment really needs a heart that is tranquil, that is at calm, that is at peace, so that, Ignatius says, it can use reason well, clearly. Presuming that Brian does have that basic peace of heart as he sits here in the chapel this afternoon, Brian's probably going to take some time beginning with finance, to look at all the advantages for God's greater glory in remaining in finance. And maybe he finds one, two, three, or five or six of these. When Brian, after searching for some time, has the sense that he's seen what he's able to see as regards the advantages, and so he'll do the same thing with the disadvantages. Maybe it, it, it's just getting harder and harder in that environment to to be a witness to the Lord in the way that's been fruitful over the past years. Or there could be a number of things that, that he might consider. He'll spend the time that his heart needs to look calmly and peacefully at whatever seeming disadvantages there might be toward remaining in finance. And then we'll move to the second option, medicine, and look at the advantages for God's greater glory that he can see in that. Possibly among them might be a sense of greater direct service to people in their suffering there might be a number of other considerations that he would see along this way. And maybe he'll see three, five, seven, ten of these. And then we'll do the same for the disadvantages. Maybe he might consider there the financial burden that this is going to put on the family as he goes through the years of studies or the weight that this will put on, on his wife during that time and so forth. So Brian looks at the advantages and disadvantages for the one choice and the other. Having done that, then Ignatius says, Brian, as it were, steps back and looks at what has emerged from his review of the advantages and disadvantages of the one and the other. And then, with his heart at peace, before the Lord, in the Lord's presence, tries to see which of the options seems to show the greater preponderance of reasons, a preponderance of reasons that indicate that this might be God's greater glory. Now, I think it, this is probably obvious, but should be said. Let's suppose that, um, very concrete, Brian came up with 10 advantages as regards to medicine, and um, let's say four advantages as regards finance. Obviously, the number, the number itself indicates something, but Brian is looking not only at the number in a list, um, but he's also looking at the weight of these various reasons. In some cases, it might be that one single reason for God's greater glory is so powerful 
that that really resolves you know, the issue in, in itself. So Brian is looking both at the various choices, the 10 of them, if there are 10, and also at the weight of the one and the other. And then sees if he is able to get a sense of which of these choices now seems to reveal a preponderance of reasons which shows the signs of being God's will in this discernment. And then, having done that, what Brian does is brings what is in his heart. Let's say that it appears to him that the preponderance of reasons is to remain in finance. What he would do now is bring all of this, the examine, the review of these um, various reasons, and the, the, the choice to, that seems to him to be God's will, bring this in prayer before the Lord. So Brian might just stay there before the Blessed Sacrament for some time, just offering the conclusion of his discernment to the Lord, asking the Lord to confirm it. This is Ignatius' word. He seeks confirmation from the Lord that he really has seen clearly and well, that this choice is really for God's greater service and praise and glory. Now, God may answer that prayer for confirmation in various ways. Uh, Brian may experience a warm sense of spiritual consolation, which gives him an added sense to, to believe that this really is, that he really has seen clearly. He may experience a, a deep sense of peace about the discernment. He might experience a, a warm and deep sense of completion of the process, that this is done, this is finished, this is well done, this is clear, there really isn't anything further to do in this process of discernment. And then, I simply can't repeat too often, in any discernment of importance, what we'd really want to see Brian do, together with Lisa, obviously, is talk with the spiritual director about this and describe to the spiritual director what has happened in the experience of discerning according to the third mode, so that the director can confirm for him in his own way that this is well done, or perhaps point out to him maybe some things that it might be well to review further and the rest. Now, Brian may do this on a given Saturday afternoon and may find that the process isn't yet complete. He's done all of this, but he doesn't yet see clearly. It might mean that he needs to spend another time or another continuing to discern in the third mode. Again, spiritual guidance is very helpful in this. We'll return in just a moment to What Am I to Do? The Discernment of God's Will in Everyday Decisions with Father Timothy Gallagher. Anima Christi, soul of Christ, sanctify me, body of Christ, save me, blood of Christ, inebriate me, water from the side of Christ, wash me, passion of Christ, strengthen me, O good Jesus, hear me, within thy wounds hide me, suffer me not to be separated from thee, from the malignant enemy, defend me, in the hour of my death, call me, and bid me come to thee, that with thy saints I may praise thee forever and ever. Amen. We now return to What Am I to Do? The Discernment of God's Will in Everyday Decisions with Father Timothy Gallagher. Now, let's look at an example of this. And this is, mm-hmm. this is Patrick, who tells of being downsized by his company, and beginning then his own business. He was close toward retiring age at this point. Uh, And his business, his own new business, was going well. And about this time also began helping as a volunteer in prison ministry in his diocese. 
and loved it, found it very, very fruitful. After some time, the person in the diocese who had the uh, oversight of prison ministry for the entire diocese had to move and could no longer continue in that position. And Patrick was offered that position, invited to take the uh, full-time position as director of prison ministry for the diocese. And when he was asked this, Patrick said no. Uh, he, he just really didn't want a full-time job with the prison ministry. He was happy to continue as a volunteer, but that was really all that he wanted to do. But a few days passed, and he found himself unsettled about it and not sure that he'd really given the right answer to this. Still fighting, taking the full-time position, but not really at peace about it. And so he found a spiritual director and explained to him what the situation was, um, told him that he prayed for years in his life, but had never really been through any process of discernment and was asking the spiritual director's help. Now, we can already see here how what we called earlier the spiritual means, which are involved in a process of discernment, uh, make all the difference. This was a, uh, an excellent choice on Patrick's part. He's wondering whether he really, in saying no to that full-time position, whether he was really saying no in the Lord, or whether the Lord might possibly be asking him to take that full-time position in the diocese. And unsure of what to do, just a few days later, he looks for, finds a spiritual director, and shares the experience and a process of discernment underway. It, it's perfect, really. The spiritual director listened to Patrick and suggested that Patrick spend an hour a day in prayer during the process of discernment and gave Patrick scriptures to pray with day by day as he would go through this discernment. And then they were going to meet periodically as this process unfolded. The, um, the parish in which Patrick lived had an adoration chapel. And so every day he would go down to the adoration chapel in the parish and spend an hour praying with the scripture. And again, this is perfect. Um, all the means are here. The Eucharist, scripture, praying with scripture, this is a discernment that is really on target in its use of the means. And you can already sense that this is a process of discernment that's going to unfold. Patrick is not going to remain simply stuck in wondering about whether the Lord is asking the new position of him or not. Patrick did this for uh, a couple of weeks and still had no clarity about the discernment, which in Ignatian terms tells us that God has not given Patrick first-mode discernment. He's, he doesn't have that clarity beyond doubting. Nor has Patrick, as he prays, experienced second-mode discernment, a clear pattern of attraction toward one option or the other in times of spiritual consolation. Patrick returned to his spiritual director, shared this experience, and the director now suggested that Patrick employ Ignatius' third mode of discernment that we've just described. So again, you can feel this is, this, is, this is a good process of discernment. Everything is moving forward well. All the means are in place. And so uh, Patrick does this. He sits down before the Blessed Sacrament and looks at the advantages and disadvantages from the perspective of God's will, of God's greater glory, of either remaining in his present situation with his own business and volunteer work in prison ministry, or ending his own business and accepting the full-time position as director of prison ministry in the diocese. And first, Patrick looked at the advantages 
of taking the position in the diocese and found a number of these. Uh, I'll just give some of them. One of them was that he had experience in that specific ministry, in prison ministry. He had a background in it from his work as a volunteer in that ministry. Another one was that he had the administrative skills that would be necessary for that position from his business career, and so was well-equipped in that way to do well in the position. Ignatius would say to promote God's greater glory in that position. Then also, um, Patrick had a master's in theology, and so had a very good background in theologically speaking for any of the issues that might come up in um, directing prison ministry throughout the diocese, how to structure various services and liturgical practices and so on. He also knew, and this was another advantage, that if he took that position, these are his own words, I would be giving more of myself to the Lord. He sensed there'd be something generous in saying yes to the Lord in this, more than if he said no to it. When he looked at the disadvantages of taking that position in the diocese, he fairly quickly realized that there really was not a lot of weight to them, or at least comparable weight. I would have, he said, less time for myself, less time for the gym, less time to spend with my grandkids, really not to have to push myself, he said. So Patrick went through the third mode exercise and then did the same thing with the, with the other option, advantages and disadvantages. As he did this, he also continued to pray with scripture before the Blessed Sacrament. He was now in the third week of this process. And Patrick says this, he says, that didn't matter to me that it had taken three weeks. He said, that didn't matter to me. I wanted to do it well. Now, strikingly, halfway through these three weeks, about a week and a half uh, into this process, Patrick writes this, about a week and a half into it, I found that all the selfish motives for not taking the position were gone. And it seemed like the reasons for taking the position were more solid. What's striking about that is that as Patrick goes through these three weeks of the discernment process, now in the third mode, not only is he moving toward clarity in the option that God wants of him, but his heart is also being changed. There's transformation going on in him. As he goes through this, he says, I found that all the selfish motives for not taking the position were gone. Something's changing in his heart, which, if I may parenthetically say this, is one of the answers to the question, why does God ask us to go through a process of discernment? Couldn't God simply make it clear for me? Because as we go through a process of discernment, and, and one that's so well structured like this, God is doing something in our hearts as well. More is happening than simply Simply, it's, it's, it's great already to, to get the clarity on which option God wants, but God is doing more in us, even transforming our hearts, opening our hearts more to his grace as we go through the process. Now, you can see that at this point, Patrick doesn't quite have the conclusion to his discernment, but you can see where the preponderance of reasons is increasingly tending in this. He is increasingly getting the sense that the Lord does want him to take the position in the diocese. Patrick shared this with the director, and the director gave him further scripture to pray with, one of the texts of which was the text of Jesus healing the blind man Bartimaeus in Mark chapter 10. Now, I'll just read what Patrick writes, and this is where the discernment will come to its completion. It was a passage I knew well, and I was sitting there reading it. 
When Jesus asked Bartimaeus, What do you want me to do for you? He answered, I want to see. That's what I wanted too. Then the last five words of the passage really hit me. Bartimaeus, quote, followed him on the way. I felt something of what Bartimaeus must have felt because I too had started to lose sight in one eye a few years before and the eye healed. That had been a powerful experience in uh, Patrick's life just a few years earlier of a real risk of losing sight in one eye and a great deal of prayer. His eye healed. The gratitude is still deep in his heart. And this is one reason why Bartimaeus' prayer, I want to see, uh, really speaks so deeply to Patrick as he's praying now, because that was what he had intensely wanted at one point earlier, and now in a different way in the discernment is seeking as well. And as he prays with this passage, it's especially the last five words. Bartimaeus followed him on the way. These are the ones that really strike his heart. It seemed to me that the Lord was asking me to follow him too through the prison ministry. It hit me like a ton of bricks. It was amazingly clear what the Lord wanted. I'll stop right there. We're on holy ground now in in Patrick's discernment. When we spoke earlier of first mode discernment and second mode discernment, we discussed how in their very different ways, both come to the same final point. Clarity beyond doubting in the first mode of discernment. And in the second mode of discernment, over time, what Ignatius calls sufficient clarity and understanding, where a person now just knows beyond doubting. If we can think back to Richard discerning between marriage and a Jesuit vocation, and every time he prays before the altar of the Sacred Heart in the Church, warm consolation wells up in his heart and a clear sense of attraction to the Jesuits, to the point where he just knows, now in in second-mode discernment, knows beyond doubting that this is what God wants. And here in third-mode discernment, through a different path, this time through using our reason to look at advantages and disadvantages for God's greater glory, Patrick reaches the same concluding point. It was amazingly clear what the Lord wanted. All the doubt is gone. He has not only clear clarity, but deep and great and firm clarity, all that he needs to go forward. Actually, Patrick did begin the prison ministry um, shortly thereafter. So that whether the Lord invites us to discern according to first mode, second, or third, the end point will always be the same, that kind of clarity. And then finally, Patrick says, I spent three more days with this scripture seeking confirmation. Obviously had a good director who asked him, and I would just spend a few more days um, seeking from the Lord the grace of of a confirmation of this. I've been doing the prison ministry for four years now, and I'm still sure that the discernment was clear. Uh, Father Gallagher, this is a very important mode of discernment. Is it one that we would access often? It's one that people do use frequently, and one which can bring clarity to uh, many different situations in our life. Personally, I'm very grateful for this, and from time to time over the years have used this, and it's enormously helpful. There is a little bit more to say about it, and we'll pick this up next time. I'm looking forward to our next conversation. Thank you so much, Father Gallagher. Thank you, Chris. You've been listening to What Am I to Do? The Discernment of God's Will in Everyday Decisions. To hear and or to download this conversation, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts in cooperation with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, 
I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to support our efforts. But most of all, we ask that you tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com and join us next time for What Am I to Do? The Discernment of God's Will in Everyday Decisions with Father Timothy Gallagher.